Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the, char- the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Morgan Glennon. I'm Rebecca Johnson. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired to discuss <laughs> the season four finale episode of the show titled The Quest for Peace. But first, we need to get to the news. Uh, the CW has announced a new time slot for Supergirl Season 5. It will now be following the new Batwoman series and airing on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. What do you think about that, Morgan? I think it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never heard of like putting the show that hasn't premiered to be the lead-in to the show that has like an audience already built in. It seems like a strange choice to me. Uh but okay, CW, you do you, I guess. I agree. I think it is a weird move because normally you would want your stronger show, your more popular show, your older show to go in but before the the new freshman show to get people to watch. And also, I think Batwoman should be on the later Tom Slot because it's a little grittier, it's a little more mature, so it makes sense that it would go later. So I don't exactly know why they've done this. What if Supergirl is getting really gritty next season? Like the <laughs> grittiest. <laughs> like Philadelphia Flyers gritty level gritty. <laughs> that would be right up your alley. Yeah, I would. That would be my, on my Supergirl wish list. Is that like gritty <laughs> is like, what if gritty is the villain next season? <laughs> I'd be into that. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, so I I know that they don't really care about time slots anymore because of DVR and streaming. They don't they don't they don't think people care about I'm going to sit here and be live. But for some of us who watch Supergirl live, this is a change. And I don't know that I'm happy about it. But I guess it's nice that Batwoman and Supergirl are paired together. I like the pairing, definitely. I just don't like the order. It's just a strange choice. Yeah, I would think that Supergirl, the a little bit more friendly, uh, family-friendly show to go first. That just makes more sense to me. Uh, But we'll see how it goes. Hopefully it'll be a good pairing for next season, but there is going to be a change So if you are wondering about that, Supergirl is going to air an hour later than it normally does now. So we have covered the news. 
Uh, so let's get into our discussion of the season four episode titled The Quest for Peace. Here is the official description. Quote, Lex Luthor descends upon Washington, D.C. and summons Lena and Lillian Luthor to the White House. Supergirl realizes she has one last chance to stop Lex and turns to the power of the press to help her, unquote. Uh, Morgan, there was a lot in this episode. So much. There was. There was. Uh, So many big things happened. There was one really big, really big, big thing that happened. And... Maybe we should start with that. Was it that Lillian Luther showed up? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, So let's talk about the Luthers, but I think we should start specifically about Lena because her life changed dramatically in this episode. So what do you think about Lena finally knowing that Kara is Supergirl? I feel like we, I kind of, or... I was going to say I kind of guessed it, but like, I think one of our viewers was actually like, well, now she's definitely going to find out from someone else. Like as soon as Kara was like, you know what? I feel like it's been three years. Now is probably the right time to tell her. And like, that was the the clock, the, like the 24 style clock started like, <laughs> chung, chung, like ticking down onto like when somebody else was going to tell her. I mean, the fact that it was Lex was uh, like specifically hurtful to her, like uh, probably the worst way to find out. Like there's not a lot of good ways to find out that your best friend and everybody, you know, has been lying to you for years <laughs> on end, but Ether, you've just shot your brother is probably pretty mm. far on the list. Like she was already like, listen, I'm doing some, I'm doing some stuff today. I'm taking <laughs> care of business, and this makes me feel weird. Like I don't want to murder you, but guess what? I'm gonna, uh, and I respect that. That is that is peak. Like Lena, Ether, a few drinks, putting on her black leather coat, Lena, and we know <laughs> I enjoy her. <laughs> I thought but, about um, you when she pulled that gun out. I was like, this is the Lena I love. Uh, but, <laughs> but, oh, man, it was so it was so upsetting. And I thought Katie McGraw played that whole scene so well um, because you could just see all the different emotions going over her face. And then I loved I liked the way that they played the end of the the episode where she comes to like game night and she's just completely normal and like, Hey guys. And, and then, and then like the next scene, she's in her office, like smashing down a glass. on. (laughs) (laughs) I like to think that she is like actively writing in like a burn book about cars. Like (laughs) she started her own journals. Yes. Cara Danvers is the worst. And I (laughs) hate her. Did you think she was going to say something at game night? Because I I kind of did when she first showed up. I I kind of wanted her to, like, come into game night, walk silently over to the table, and then just slowly, like a a cat, like, making eye contact with everyone, slowly just wipe the pieces off the, the, like, the coffee table. (laughs) (laughs) And ruin their game? Yes, just ruin the game. Like, not even in a dramatic way, just staring at them the whole time (laughs) as everything just cascades off the table. And then she'd be like, I know, and then walk out. (laughs) I thought that would have been great, Uh, but I'm very petty. So, Did they say they were playing Scrabble? I think, I don't know what game they were. I don't think it was Scrabble. I think it was like some sort of like game where you had to guess the thing that somebody else was holding. 
charades, maybe? No, not charades, because charades are like doing stuff. Somebody knows this in the chat, but I don't think they're, <laughs> but they're not providing us with the answer. But I thought it would be really funny if they were playing Scrabble because she could uh, form words. Say like, <laughs> I know your lies. I, just I know. And then she's like, <laughs> like how many points is that? <laughs> uh, oh. I think they were playing catchphrase. Is that, uh, maybe. I, I, it was Queen in the chat said catchphrase, but had cards in their hands. So I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like a Scrabble situation, unfortunately. But that would have been the best. Yeah, I was surprised that she didn't say anything when she got there. So that makes me wonder if she is going to be plotting revenge in season five. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I get. To me, the big question is now that she knows, is this the is she going to turn evil because they've been they've been hinting that like maybe lena could go to the dark side and like four seasons for seasons and seasons so is this going to be what turns lena to the dark side or is she going to stay uh as a hero or in my opinion, what should happen? Is she going to be like still a pretty good person, but also super petty? <laughs> I'm going for that. Like just every time, every time she like makes like a like a snide comment, and Car is like, "What is happening here? <laughs> Does she know?" And <laughs> so Lena just slowly drives them insane, like behind the scenes. But all of her evil stuff is just like really like like oh my god, is is my Am I getting taller? Is my chair getting shorter? Like Lena's just like slowly taking slowly taking food out of their fridge and making them think that they're crazy and making them think that they're crazy. <laughs> I would be into that because I actually got really excited about the the potential of her going evil because I've been wanting that for a while. I like her as a hero and a good guy. That's all great. But Katie McGrath playing a villain is the best. So I'm very excited to see where this goes because we could get some really good acting out of her in season five. And so I'm very excited that, about that. Yeah, I feel like I kind of want to see maybe a more morally gray Lena, but not necessarily an evil Lena. Because I think the problem with like, if we have an, a full out evil like villain Lena, then like villains only really last like a season on Supergirl. So... I clearly don't want Lena to go anywhere. I also want to keep Lillian in uh, forever and ever. Can we? <laughs> uh, so speaking of Lillian, what did you think about the Luther family reunion in the Oval Office? Um, I think that if this show was just Luther's exclamation point, I would be just as happy. <laughs> uh, they are so obviously they really surprised me this season with uh with Ducky Lex Luther, who <laughs> is maybe one of my all time favorite Lex Luthers. What is happening? Mm. Uh, but I uh, the the combination. I don't think we've we've gotten all of them in a scene together, and so you have Lillian Luther who is the best you have lena who is uh, wearing the coolest three-piece suit of all time really just bringing <laughs> it with that lipstick oh with wait that hang suit. on let's uh <laughs> let's uh bring in some boardroom or ballroom and now lena luther boardroom 
or ballroom. Okay, let's talk about the Luther clothing because Lillian was all dressed up. Lena was looking good. Lex had his fancy suit on. So what what are your what's your assessment of the Luther wardrobe in this episode? So what I like is that the Luthers were bringing some America realness into the <laughs> old office. Did you notice? So Lena is in like a three-piece navy blue suit. Amazing. Amazing. But then Lillian is in like a red off-the-shoulder ball gown, which again, now I'm starting to I'm starting to see the family resemblance. I know that they're not <laughs> genetically related by blood, but I mean the need to take those collarbones out came from somewhere, and it was clearly <laughs> Lillian Luther. She was like, I must unleash my power like my daughter. My power <laughs> is in my clavicles. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, it was that must be amazing. Where she gets it. Yeah, I liked that they had the red and blue combo in there, you know, reflecting the primary colors. They were sort of on Superman's Super, Supergirl's side, uh, not wanting Lex to carry out his big plan uh, of destroying Argo and killing Superman. So I thought that that was a good contrast there. And I like seeing know, all the Luther. It, sorry, go oh, ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, my question is, do we think that Lillian was just like, well, listen, I just wanted to send all the aliens away in a spaceship. Hopefully they made it. This genocide (laughs) thing is like a little much for me. Or do you think she was like, oh, you trying to kill me, huh? (laughs) I couldn't I couldn't get a read on what her what her motivation was. And it doesn't matter to me, but (laughs) that's actually a good point, because in season two, didn't Lillian put a bunch of aliens on that ship that Kara had to stop as Supergirl? Yeah, she was shipping them all off. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, goodbye. Uh, But she seemed a little, like, shocked by Lex's whole plan to, like, harness them as an energy source. She was like, listen, I'm not into clean energy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the Luthers were tons of fun. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Like maybe she's just mad that like Lex was going to kill her. Well, I'm sure that played into it. Yeah, I mean it's it's fine if she was. She was dressed so impeccably. I mean, Lillian could poison me anytime. (laughs) (laughs) They did try to poison each other. That was my favorite thing, where she was like, "I slipped him some poison." Like she just like (laughs) stage whispers it over to Lena. Like. They're in a version of the Oval Office with, like, no security or. (laughs) Yeah, and I like that uh, Lex figured it out. He knew immediately that she had poisoned him. So I guess they they kind of anticipate that about each other, that they will poison each other at any given moment. uh, Because that has happened in the in the past. We wasn't that even just last week with the baby truth seeker. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I feel like I'm starting to feel like poison is how the Luthers show they care. <laughs> <laughs> like yes. at, at like Christmas, it's probably like you don't want to touch the eggnog. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I would leave that alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm, but they might also bring an antidote. Uh, just I, I feel like playful yeah, you poison. Know, because it's a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The, their holiday treat is that, that no no one dies today. <laughs> we just want you to I be the antidote. nearly dead. Yeah, mostly dead. 
So uh, the Luthers were a lot of fun, and uh, I really couldn't concentrate on anything else because the Luthers were my favorite part of this episode, just giving that away. Um, do we have any other thoughts about Luther Lutherian wardrobe at this point? I'll take us um, out of boardroom or ball- ballroom. Yeah. I think my my main thought was just that that uh, that three piece suit that Lena had on was presidential, mm. and I saw I saw something that the I think the official Supergirl account tweeted. It's like Lena in that like in that three piece suit sitting behind the desk in the Oval Office, and I was like, yes, exactly, boardroom or Oval Office, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she would be a great president. I would vote for Lena Luther. She, I uh, would too. <laughs> I'm, I mean, the Luthers actually knew that the United States was a constitutional republic. Uh, Lex mentioned us as a republic, and I was appreciating that because sometimes they get that wrong on this show. We're not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic, and the Luthers got that right. So <laughs> put, them in the, put, put them in the Oval Office if, if that's what it takes. I like that our criteria for, like, who should be president in this universe is, do you understand what it is? <laughs> like, do you understand <laughs> what the government is? Like, it's that they've watched uh, they've watched Schoolhouse Rock one time, at least. Um, actually, while we're here, let me see if I can find that in my notes. Because they said something about, so they're going to reinstate the Alien Amnesty Act. But then they're going to vote on it later? A congressional vote? <laughs> what is this thing? I, I, felt like, I felt like they did that just to taunt us. Like, they were like, oh, are, are Morgan and Rebecca too far down this rabbit hole about this thing? <laughs> Let's make it weirder. We're going to have to consult our Supergirl radio uh, attorneys on retainer. Uh, <laughs> because I have more questions now. Because I didn't really understand that. Because they said that the Vice President Plastino, which was a nice Easter egg to the co-creator of Supergirl, Al Plastino. uh, But he was going to reinstate it, which I guess is technically correct that the next administration could uh, rescind or uphold the previous executive order. But now that they're going to have Congress to go back and vote on it. I don't know what is happening anymore. <laughs> what are they doing? I am so confused. What form of government is it on Earth 38? Like, it's not, our, it's clearly not our government. <laughs> I don't know anymore. I give up. They can do whatever they want. Uh, they apparently took the president out uh, due to the 25th Amendment, which is obviously topical. Uh, <laughs> I can see right I mean, through that. They had to get there, though. You you knew they had to get there. They had to get that in. They made it. They made it. They got their collusion reference. So the only <laughs> thing left was impeachment on their topical bingo. <laughs> <laughs> Which we should have been playing all season. Uh, oh, I like uh, somebody in the chat said Cat Grant for president, which I wholeheartedly endorse. She already has White House experience. She's already been the uh, CEO of a company. She has lots of experience. I, I think she should run. I'd be into it. Uh, that would make more sense than what they've been doing previously. <laughs> but so I was. Well, I, I did like that they explained like that this, 
they kind of explained the vice president, not not really, but like kind <laughs> of that like, well, Lex Luthor has been pulling the strings all the way all the time to get him on the ticket and like blah 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 blah. And I was like, I can almost buy that accepted like did President Wonder Woman not actually have a conversation with this dude? Like <laughs> or was he just pretending this whole time? to no end entirely because there was no way he knew he was ever going to become president. It's just, it still doesn't make a lot of sense when you think too hard about it. And so I've chosen not to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They kind of tried to explain it, but I don't know. I, I just give up on the governmental thing as a whole. I'm just over it. Do whatever fake government thing you're gonna do it doesn't make any sense uh, but at least You've they tried broken Rebecca's spirit I, I have really just folded and I've given up I'm just calling it uh, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm done with it uh, so I will concentrate on things that do make sense um, okay so I we talked a little bit about the Luthers uh, so let's talk about more about Lex Luthor and Red Daughters specifically. So how do you think about, well, what do you think about how Red Daughter went out? We were curious that she died off screen last week, but we see that she did die on screen this week. So we did get that. (laughs) So what do you think about how her story wrapped up? Um, You know what? At least she didn't die off screen. I'm giving them that because (laughs) for a moment, I was like, really? Really? This whole season? And then she's going to, like, die in the commercial break? Um, But it turns out that he put her in one of those alien energy pods, um, and then she escapes, and then she saves uh, the real Supergirl, and then, I guess, gets reabsorbed into uh, the real Supergirl, which, I gotta be honest, was weird. Uh, (laughs) It was. it, I guess it makes sense, dot, 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 but uh, <laughs> certainly felt strange to watch. She was like, oh, no, Red, oh, okay, now I'm powerful. I mean, it, I felt like it was a little strange. I kind of want, I kind of wanted, like, Supergirl to start having some, like, weird, like, Red Daughter affectations at the end of that. Where she <laughs> like, was, like speaking Russian? She was like, why Why do I feel the need to watch Russian soap operas all the time? Like, <laughs> It was, I was weird. Uh, Can I ask you a question? So do you yeah. think that the stuff that kind of got sucked up into Supergirl, the purple smoky stuff, is that a new power for her long term or was it just in the moment? I don't know. I don't know if her like uh, red daughter purple smoke... Um, which I mean, thematically should not that smoke have been red? Mm, yes. Mm. Well, <laughs> I guess Red Daughter had Lex Luthor connections. That's true. That's true. Okay. You've won me over to the purple smoke. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's true to her. I guess it seemed like her heat vision was then purpley and really powerful. Is it going to continue to be purple and really powerful? I, I don't think so. But uh, my guess is that this was like a a one-off. Yeah, maybe it was just that one time when Red Daughter died. Uh, I did think that was really weird. 
I was a little disappointed with Red Daughter's death because we never did circle back to Mikhail. Yeah, I know. I was upset. I was like, really? She's not even going to find out he's still alive? Uh, it was a completely dropped plot. Mm-hmm. Because they showed us that he was still alive and that Red Daughter, didn't she have a picture of him? I believe so, yeah. So I don't know why we went back to that if they're not actually going to go back to it. So I was confused about that. But I did think Melissa did a great job in her performance. She really broke me up when she was talking to Lex about how he betrayed her. And she just really channeled how that would feel. And the the crying always breaks me up, even if it's the Russian version of Supergirl. It uh, made me really feel for her in this episode. Oh, yeah. I think Melissa Benoist was so great as both roles all season. It made me, it kind of made me sad for, like, I felt like, despite the fact that I loved what we got of Red Daughter, I felt like she was underutilized in general throughout the season. Like, she spent most of the season punching rocks, uh, (laughs) which, you know, I I hope that whatever thing that she built, be it an underground tunnel or, like, a really fancy Mount Rushmore, uh, I hope it's great, but... I just feel like it was such an interesting storyline to get this other, you know, alternate universe kind of view of Kara, like a, a what if sort of story. Um, and we got we didn't get as much of it as I would have liked. I think we got some good stuff with her, but I just feel like she wasn't she wasn't utilized to her full potential before we lost her. Yeah, they hit on some of the ideological differences between them, but I think they could have gone a little deeper. Um, because, I mean, Superman Red Sun obviously goes into that into great detail. So they didn't really expand upon that as much as they could have. I wish they had done it more throughout the season instead of <laughs> bunching rocks. But <laughs> they at least got the bare bones of it enough to know that they were two different Supergirls uh, based in where they grew up, kind of a nature versus nurture situation. And that deep down, Red Daughter had some Kara in her. She died a hero, and she uh, died with Supergirl by her side, and I thought that was a nice touch. So I I was sad to see her go, uh, because in the end, she chose to do the right thing. Yeah, I I, I thought it was a nice, it was a nice uh, death, I guess, or like ending for that character. I just sort of wish that they had used her more while they had her. Yeah, I agree. I think and, and I also done so much more. Yeah, and I, I also wish that we had seen more. And I know it's logistically complicated, but I wish we had seen more of our Supergirl interacting with Red Daughter. I think we got, you know, a little bit in this episode, you know, for a death scene, and then the last episode. But we didn't really get much of them like talking to each other. If you think about it, which seems like it would be the whole point of this kind of storyline. Yeah, I agree. I think that would have been a lot more interesting to watch. And I wish that they could have had more of that budding of ideologies. Because Carr didn't really express her uh, her thing, her uh, her viewpoint, her worldview. We got a lot of Red Daughter's worldview, but we didn't got a, get a lot from Carr, our, our Carr. So I wish we had gotten to see her express more of why she 
loved Earth, why she loved living in America, you know, that kind of stuff to combat what Lex had been brainwashing Red Daughter about in terms of Kaznia and how he he had her hate America. I think that would have been more interesting for me anyway to watch. Um, But I did like that they brought the Alex thing back at the end when Red Daughter died. And she says, my Alex was nothing like your Alex. So I thought that was a nice tie-in to both of those Kara's, even if they didn't go the ideological route. Yeah, that one made me emotional. I was like, oh, that's so sad. Because it just, uh, I think that Red Daughter, you could see that there was, like, she wasn't a bad, like, she wasn't a straight villainous character. And she was just sort of led astray. And so the idea of, like, well, maybe if she had met the real Alex, she would have been fine. And then they would have just been, like, wonder twinsing around town. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, before we wrap up the Red Daughter stuff, uh, Lex Luthor, uh, uh, I'm trying to think, Lena shoots him two to the chest in a very surprising move that I did not see coming. And we think he dies. And then the monitor shows up. Do you think he's been resurrected? Dun, dun, dun. Um, yes, definitely. Uh, <laughs> I think that the show wants the opportunity to bring back Lex Luthor if they want to bring back Lex Like if John Cryer is like, actually, this is great. I'd love to come back. I think the show is like, Lex Luthor's a zombie now. Like, uh, <laughs> and, and rightfully so. I think, I don't care how many times you kill Lex Luthor on screen. I don't care if they had blown up Lex Luthor on screen. Like, if John Cryer's like, I want to come back, you just like hobble those pieces back together. <laughs> yeah, um, I totally so I mean, it. Yeah, I feel like if he's not going to be a part of next season, um, what they're doing is just giving themselves an out so that yeah. if John Cryer wants to come back, he can come back at any time because we saw the monitor, you know, next to his body that Lena just left. Like, hardcore, Lena. That was way harsh. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I'm not even going to bother, like, d- like, digging a shallow grave for you. Peace out. <laughs> yeah, I liked that Lex told Lena, you can only count on blood. And then she ends up shooting him and he's got blood all over his hands. Uh, I thought that was very uh, grossly poetic. So yeah, his his quote death scene was really great. Yeah, I was I was surprised, but also kind of not surprised by Lena actually killing him. I thought that was pretty shocking. But we've seen Lena get close to uh, to to pew pewing people that really piss her <laughs> off. <laughs> And I think, like, at this point, like, Lex had done so many evil things and was clearly, like, never going to stop. So I could see Lena's justification. I always, I feel like Lena is definitely more of an ends justifies the means kind of person. Whereas Kara is like, sure, you just tried to kill me, but, like, uh, why are you trying to let go of my hand? Like, just (laughs) let me save you, you jerk. (laughs) And uh, meanwhile, Lena is like, I am done with you. (laughs) <laughs> and then just puts like three in his chest. Uh, <laughs> it was a, uh, it was, it was surprising, but I don't think it was out of character at all. And I feel like uh, we've definitely seen her be at that edge before with Morgan Edge. 
Yes, it was very much like what happened with Morgan Edge. <laughs> oh, I, I just I just realized I, I saw somebody and I have to excuse me because I don't it's the chat has disappeared. But somebody in the chat mentioned that they liked how they how they gave like uh, in uh, in show hand wave about John Cryer's age compared to Brenda Strong's age. And I thought that was amazing too. Cause I think that they have Lillian say something like the, uh, you know, you really aged. Oh yeah. <laughs> like yeah. It was, was it that the cancer had like really aged him or was it that like the, um, the serum or whatever, something had really aged him. And I actually laughed out loud. <laughs> Cause the, they figured uh, one away. of the best parts, one of the best parts for me of looking up both of those actors and their respective ages was finding out that they're like three years apart. <laughs> um, and just from the chat, I thought this was interesting because I don't know a ton about the monitor. So I'm learning things from the chat. Um, Alex R says the monitor in the comics recruits heroes and villains. Mm. So that might be why he's coming to get Lex. And uh, Alex R also says uh, on Arrow, the monitor already recruited Oliver Queen. So... I guess the monitor is going around to all the Arrowverse shows, setting up the crossover for next year. That's true. I don't want to spoil Legends for all of our many. Uh, well, Legends you know, I don't watch crossover listeners. Uh, so I guess cover your ears if you haven't watched the season finale yet. But he makes a small appearance in the Legends season finale, but I think he decides that uh, not not to bother recruiting any of them because they're useless. <laughs> <laughs> He just, like, eats popcorn and then leaves. He's like, you know what? Never mind. (laughs) That sounds about right. Uh, All right. So let's move on to the thing in the episode that I had so many questions about. Morgan, what do you think? I'm excited to know if it's the same thing as I had many questions about. Morgan, what do you think about James and his eye patch? When did he lose an eye, Rebecca? I don't. <laughs> I watched that episode. I did. I must have missed. Did I look down? Did I blink really, really slowly or something? Did uh, they listen? If you're gonna have your character, I don't. Is the eye patch like forever, or did he injure his eye? Did he lose his eye? If you're gonna have your character lose an eye, shouldn't you show some of that on screen? Should 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 I be shouldn't I be less confused by it when they he popped up at the end of the episode with his Nick Fury eye patch? I was like, what? <laughs> he like did a slow turn in the chair and revealed his <laughs> eye patch, and that made me the laugh. The only so better much. thing would have been if he had like a cat on his lap that he was like slowly petting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just to back up, in the fight w- uh, during the sequence where they played the Montley Curry music, which I hated so much, uh, <laughs> not that I dislike Motley Crue, I love Motley Crue, it just, the use of that music took me out of it, it lowered the stakes for me, and I couldn't take it seriously, but in that sequence... There's a scuffle, I think, between James and Ben Lockwood, and they're, like, fighting each other, and I think they depower each other with the shots, the um, the stuff that the, like, Lillian and Lena concocted. Uh, that happened during that sequence, because he, hold, oh. he holds his eye. Yeah, I saw him he hold his it. eye, and I was like... 
did he injure? Did, I've been watching this whole scene. How did he injure his eye? Like I was, I was like confused by it. I feel like I think somebody uh, upstream in the chat said that like some of the serum got into his eye, or oh maybe that's what it is, something like that, or there was sparks or something, and he got hit with. I don't know. I, I think that if there's like I'm seeing multiple different people going like, well, I think that this thing happened to Jimmy's eye. I feel like if you're going to take out your one of your main characters' eyes, there shouldn't be uh there shouldn't be a debate about how it happened. Like that's a big dramatic thing. Yeah, in the chat, Jiminy's journal uh referenced that Nia said it had some kickback. And that's what oh. I guess knocked back into um, James's eye. Oh, okay, so so I'm seeing uh, uh, Jesso thirteen eighty four said I think McCad injured his eye, and DJ Ritter says there were reports that McCad injured his eye during that fight scene. So it seems like actress that uh, actress the actor <laughs> sorry uh, actually injured his eye, and so they were like, I guess we have to cover this up. So I. <laughs> Uh, is this so now my question becomes this is is this going to be like a forever character attribute of uh, of Jimmy Olsen is is he going to be wearing an eye patch or is oh. that just like I'm like recovering so here's my thing i am not knocking people with eye patches because i think there are some really cool people out there who have eye patches i love representative dan crunchall in the United States government, he is the coolest. He is an, uh, is he an army veteran? He was in one of the military services and his eye uh, got taken out when he was in service. And he has like a Captain America eyeball and he has these cool eye patches. It's awesome. So I think people who uh, do go through that, awesome. So I'm not knocking that. I just thought it was a weird choice for James because I... And now I'm glad to hear that it was an actor situation because I kept yes. thinking, what is this turn for James? Why, what are they doing to Jimmy Olsen? Yeah, I was also like, why are, well, yeah, what are they doing to Jimmy? Why are they choosing to have Jimmy Olsen now wear an eye patch? Like, for no storyline reason that I can see. So the, the fact that it was because the actor was injured, uh, that answers that one for me and i i can bet you when the season starts back up again there'll be no eye patch and it will never be mentioned again much like much like our good friend jeremiah danvers where is he where is he nobody knows the eye patch will go to where jeremiah danvers is hanging out with maxwell lord <laughs> well and it all it's why not just put like gauze or some sort of medical situation on top of the eye why give him an eye patch i don't know i just thought it was yeah because eye patch to me reads as like a more permanent and I, I, this is probably not right but it reads as more like a more permanent situation than like a gauze thing like the eye patch seems like especially if you've got the black eye patch with like the strap like you've like you've settled into an eye patch life now <laughs> <laughs> yes i agree I just got really concerned about James because I started thinking this show really has no idea what to do with him uh, once I saw yeah, that eye patch. No, 
It, it doesn't. Uh, I think somebody up. Uh, I keep on missing like who is saying what in the chat. I'm sorry, but somebody up the chat was like, maybe this is like the new direction for James Olsen. And I mean, I would. Wouldn't you believe it? It's like it seems just as reasonable as anything else. They have been just throwing darts at the James Olsen dartboard since the show began. I feel like they just have no idea what to do with him. I just wish they would pull things from. Jimmy Olsen's history. Does he have an eye patch in the comics? Can we make that work? I don't know. I just wish they would give him something, you know, comic booky, true to his character. So hopefully he'll get some good stuff to do next season because he did not end very strong uh, no. at the end of this season. Listen, they had the perfect opportunity this <laughs> this season to go turtle boy okay you don't want to go turtle boy because he's he's james the grown man olsen he can be turtle man i don't care i'm <laughs> open to it i'm open to it all but the fact that he never once became a turtle boy slash man he could have had a turtle eye i'll take anything like we 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 got robbed of some uh, like choice storylines there were so him. many things that could have gone from the turtle boy situation they could have set up a lot of storylines from that, and it uh, dissipated. Our dreams uh, turned into dust. So we're going <laughs> to really really have to give up on Turtle Boy for now. We're going to have to go like go deep into some like weird Silver Age comics to find like a new thing that we get obsessed about that could <laughs> that they could do with Jimmy. Like, uh, what was it? The Newsboy, uh, Jimmy Olsen, and the new Newsboy Legion. The, the Newsboy Legion. That makes more sense than what kept popping into my head, which was the Newsboy Mafia, which is not a <laughs> not, not a friendly not a friendly sounding group. I think that you'd want to join. <laughs> They're a little more aggressive. Mine's uh, a little bit more aggressive. <laughs> uh, Alex R said Jimmy Olsen was a werewolf. So <laughs> I, there you I'm go. assuming he means in the comics. So I mean, sure, I'll take it. Why Send not? It. <laughs> Send us all your favorite Jimmy Olsen comic book storylines to supergirlradio at gmail.com. <laughs> we're going to do a pitch meeting uh, during the hiatus. And so we're going to run through some things that we would pitch for season five of Supergirl. So send us all your favorite Jimmy Olsen storylines and we'll try to work that into our pitch meeting. <laughs> Mar in the chat, Mark HB said, um, extra, extra, read all about it. Or else, which would be the <laughs> tagline of Jimmy Olsen's Newsboy Mafia. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully we get some good stuff for James next season. Because I felt like his sister got more to do yeah. at the end of the season than he did. I mean, yeah, he uh, she kind of did. I mean, he uh, he as 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 usual, he was in a lot of the season. But he just sort of bounced around. Like, do you remember in the beginning of the season when it seemed like him, like, Iron Manning himself as Guardian was going to be, like, a huge deal? And then it got dropped almost immediately. It's yes. just, it's so much, I feel, I feel so much sympathy for the actor who must get these scripts and go, I'm doing what this week? Like, <laughs> there's no, there's almost no in internal consistency with that character. He is whatever they need him to be at whatever point of the plot. Like for a while he wasn't guardian when they kind of needed somebody to help them out with these like ground level threats. 
and then he got superpowers for no reason I can think of. <laughs> and and now he has an eye patch. So cool. <laughs> well, I did want to bring up the Alex and Kelly thing because I know we talked about how we didn't understand where their relationship was uh, last week, I think it was. And in this episode, Kelly says to Alex, we've been through a lot of intense stuff together in a short amount of time, haven't we? And I thought, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a, that's the weird thing. So I thought that was funny. I did. I did think that was funny. Uh, as always, uh, I, I sighed when they like had their uh, their big kiss moment because I was like, here we go again, rushing a relationship that could be well developed and like drawn out and interesting and just throwing the characters together at the drop of a hat. Like I like I was liking their interactions in some of these episodes and it was clear where they were going with it, but like why why just jump ahead? Like some of the fun of watching these like romantic relationships on television unfold is sort of the will they the won't they and the romantic tension. And I feel like Supergirl does this a lot where they're just like Lena and James looked at each other one time and now they're in love <laughs> and you're like well, but I don't understand what they even talk about and it's like they talk about how hot they are just go with it and you're like <laughs> all right I guess it's so it felt I mean we've gotten certainly we've gotten more I would say we've gotten more build up to this Kelly and Alex thing than Lena and James, but that is faint praise. Uh, I would have liked to see them like build it slowly and maybe like they don't have time to get to a big kiss this season. That's okay. She's a cast member next season. They could do it then. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine where they go from here because they've already established them as a couple now. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I wanted I wanted to see them like, oh, does she like me? I don't know. I don't want to like make them like you know, uh, Jim and pan it for a little while. Jeez, <laughs> like you don't you don't have to throw everybody together all the time and uh, like give us something like make us want them to get together before they get together. Uh, I feel like on Supergirl, a lot of the times it'll be like two characters will have an interesting interaction. I'll go, oh hey, they're kind of oh they're dating now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do think it's a little fast. Uh, well, for my personal taste, I yeah, like a like, slow burn relationship too. Me, me too. I just I feel like maybe like if you if you're into like the couples that get together real fast and stuff like that, you are like well served by Supergirl. But if like us, you like a nice slow burn. It's uh, it's rough. It's rough. I mean, although I guess they did they did a nice slow burn on the uh, the Brainy and the Nia stuff. Yeah, I would agree about that. I liked how that I liked how that went because that was a kind of a through line through the whole season. And so when he gives his grand declaration at the end of the episode, I was I was hyped about it because guess what? I had had to wait more than one episode for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did uh, make that worth it. They did pay that off. So I did think that was good. Uh, so let's get to talking about a character I don't really want to talk about. But I guess we have to since it's the end of the season. So, <laughs> oh, no. What did you think about how Ben Lockwood's story wrapped up? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's in jail. Yeah. Uh, I hope by being in jail, that means that he is goodbye off the show. <laughs> uh, and, and you know what? I feel actually really sad because 
Sam Witwer is a very good actor who I like a lot. And so the fact that I spent most of the season going, and then like, could we, could we put him in jail? Could we kill him? Could we get rid of him? Bums me out. Like he kind of got a thankless part in this role. Uh, his only role was to be uh, hashtag topical. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it was kind of, it made sense for like the end of his story that he was either gonna, in my opinion, he was either gonna die or go to jail. So he ended up in jail. Uh, I don't feel like he learned anything from his experience, but he did get to see his son be like, my dad is way intense. <laughs> and <laughs> what if we all just chilled like a little bit? Um, which I, th- I think that was kind of a, a good note to sort of leave that character on to see that his son wasn't going to continue that hate and uh, sort of breaking free from uh, from his father. But Man, I just, I guess my overall thought is what a waste of Sam, Whit- Sam Witwer this, uh, this whole character was. Yeah, and I guess I'm conflicted on whether or not I like that he was just kind of a patsy for Lex Luthor. I don't know if I would have preferred him to be the actual big bad or if I liked that he got played by Lex. I don't know. I'm still yeah, digging I- through that. I feel like I kind of like that he got played by Lex because I feel like, but that could be just because I did not enjoy the Agent Liberty stuff that much. So when we find out in the, like, I think it was in the penultimate episode Mm. that, uh, that, uh, that Lex Luthor had been, you know, he was all part of Lex Luthor's plan. And since I love Lex Luthor, I was like, okay, well, that kind of retroactively makes me like some of the stuff this season that I didn't like as much because it was working towards an end game that was like more interesting than what we actually had to suffer through, <laughs> almost. Uh, so for me, I think that 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 helped me a little bit that that it was sort of part of Lex's plan all along. But I can definitely see the flip side of that where you'd be like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because he was built up for the first half of the season as something big some big problem they had to work through. And so for him to turn out to be kind of not a big deal, it was a little bit of a disappointment, especially since there was no jetpack. Not a I single I mean, jetpack. That was probably the worst part. That and the <laughs> fact that, like, my boy Hat never came back. What is that about? I feel like he should have, like, he should have been at the end of the episode. Hat is like, next season, all hat. And that's, that's, (laughs) I would have, personally, I would have been so hyped for season five. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did think the George Lockwood stuff, like his big speech about turning against each other has only led to more division, more hate and more violence. And there has to be a better way. I thought that was a good seasonal wrap-up it was like a kind of the theme of this season i do think they landed the plane a little bit because in the opener in the season premiere supergirl said we need to talk to each other and so i think they kind of got there uh in the season finale but i wish there had been more of it i wish yeah i will we had expanded upon that thought I will say I did, like, when you said that they they landed the plane, I I actually do feel that way. Like, I have been, I think we have both been a little up and down, like a plane hitting turbulence this season. (laughs) Or like a plane, like a Lena Luthor plane getting taken over by Lex. Uh, (laughs) Things have 
sometimes nosedive straight towards the earth. But um, I, I liked that they pulled a lot of the threads from the season uh, into the season finale. So you have Lex and you have Lillian, um, you have Red Daughter, you have Lockwood. They go back to Shelly Island where we had been in one of the previous episodes with the power dampening stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have sort of John get, like getting in there and like risking himself after a se- uh, like most of the season where he was trying to take a step back and be more passive. Uh, so I like that the way that they sort of weaved these threads from the season and tied things in, I wouldn't so- not say the neatest bow, but a bow. Uh, and I think that they, they did uh, a pretty good job of, 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 you know, servicing their, some of their arcs in the season. So you could say they landed the plane, but there's a lot of turbulence. Yes, yes. There were a couple of moments where you and I looked at each other and were like, we might die, but we made it. (laughs) That's a great metaphor for season four of Supergirl. It got a little lost in the middle. (laughs) Like, I'm talking about lost the TV show where the plane literally crashes. (laughs) (laughs) But we made it. (laughs) We got there. All right. So the last thing uh, I think we should talk about because this was also kind of a through line throughout the season, was that Kara Danvers solved world peace with an article. <laughs> Gecko. Um, what did you think about that? I thought a lot of things about that. So my, <laughs> my, first, my first thought when that push notification came through was, <laughs> that's not a great title. <laughs> you you look at that title and I'm like that is a that is somebody's uh, op-ed hot take like it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't confer to you that actual information is being shared like like verifiable backed up information it's like here's what I don't like Lex Luthor and I was like <laughs> oh Kara but uh, also didn't it seem like she like wrote that and then got it fact checked really fast i know the answer is that she didn't get it fact checked but (laughs) (laughs) i just again i like the idea of cara like uh, cara danvers power of the press all that stuff i like it on paper Again, it, they didn't really earn it. Like we ha- again, we've only seen Kara a couple of times show up to work. Um, so we've gotten a lot in like a couple of episodes where it's like Kara is such a great, you know, great reporter. You're my fi- you are my favorite <laughs> reporter, and and I can be trusted because I'm in jail. But <laughs> but I feel like. To have the end uh, of this season hinge so so much on, you know, the power of the press and how important it is that Kara is a journalist when she is only sporadically cared about her job is was a little it was a bit much for me. I was like, if if the reporting thing was going to be a, a big part of the season, which they had actually, you know, in the interviews with them at Comic-Con last year, they were like, we're going to focus so much on, you know, Kara and reporting and she's going to mentor, you know, Nia. And then uh, like a lot of things that uh, start, but then kind of peter off. uh, I feel like they lost the thread for whole chunks of the season at a time on that. And so when they 
brought it back around. I mean, they were kind of tying off again another thing from the season in this episode. Was it earned? Uh, shrug. Kind of half and half. <laughs> like they could have, they could have had more Kara being an actual journalist uh, in the season. I think, but I mean, we didn't have Snapper anymore to tell her to you know save it for her blob. So, <laughs> well, I do like the idea of Car writing the article and using her journalistic abilities to save the day. I think that's a nice twist to having Supergirl always save the day. But I didn't like the way they looked at the camera and asked, <laughs> "Can you believe the Fourth Estate saved the day?" Oh God! I forgot it, about that, and now and now I'm mad about it again. <laughs> it I I actually replied to the TV when she asked that question. I said, actually, I can't. I actually can't because if we're <laughs> gonna get topical, the Fourth Estate uh, has had a lot of hoaxes that they have pushed on us, like the Jesse Smollett thing that people he went on. What was it? Good Morning America, and they were like. Great story, no follow-up questions. And that turned out to be a huge hoax. So I have a very difficult time buying into the fourth estate saving the day. So maybe that's just me personally. Uh, so if we're going to get topical, that's just my... <laughs> I, have a, I have a newfound healthy do- dose of skepticism when it comes to that kind of stuff. So it is hard for me personally to buy into that question that Kara asked. And I don't like that they, uh, like they did all season, uh, just spell it out for us. Yeah. If she had written that article and people were getting along better and Lex was in jail, you don't have to scream it at us. That was my problem with it. Yeah. Uh, once again, obviously, I was cool with the the fourth estate being uh, very important. I went to journalism school, so <laughs> yay, reporters, keep doing your stuff, do it better, please, please. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it felt so unearned. And then again, the problem it was again the problem with the season, which is that you can't just show something. You have to underline it and then bold it and then scream it directly into the camera. <laughs> like <laughs> we would have gotten that Kara through the power of her reporting and, you know, actually showing up to work and doing her work, uh, took down this, uh, you know, took down Lex Luthor and, you know, made huge institutional changes in whatever, uh, is the government is on her earth. Um, we didn't need her then to like turn to the camera and then wink at us. Like it was too much. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't personally crazy about it, but I like the idea of it. I just think they did too much, uh, much like the rest of the season. They uh, hit it a little too hard. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. They both they both hit it too hard and not hard enough. Like they hit it too hard in the like telling us this is what you're watching, but they didn't hit it hard enough like showing us her doing the legwork. <laughs> well, she did get that uh, I guess evidence from the Ameritech HR lady 
Yes, uh, I mean, it, it, that, that one episode where she did actual journalism legwork was awesome. Like, I, I really liked that, that episode. She she got some information from Kaznia. So I guess that would be, like, two sources? Yeah. So ho- yeah. Hopefully she wrote that article with at least two sources of information. <laughs> oh, we have to hope, don't we? Like... Do you think that she ever took like a media ethics and law class? Because my guess is no, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just hope that if we do uh, the journalistic side of Cara next season, we get m- more of that. Seeing her learn more things, seeing her investigate more things. Because uh, I think there were some instances this season that I really liked. And I think they did a good job with. I just think they got a little heavy handed there in the finale. <laughs> yeah, you Look know how you great know, we, we are. We we did it again. Let's freeze frame. High five. <laughs> <laughs> the press. But um, I I have actually liked almost all of the Kara is a journalist. We mean it this time episodes. Um, and they usually get about one or two of them a season. So like if. Her being a very good journalist is an important part of season five. I would like to see more of it. Like maybe she does it once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hopefully get we'll get more Car Danvers, the reporter next season, and it will be a little lower key for my personal taste. <laughs> Just let her do the job, get the job done. I'm good. Um, so let's talk really quickly about the very ending tease, I guess, for season five. So we saw Eve Tessmacher in a wig, in a, hood, mm-hmm. in a hoodie, uh, with an elderly lady on a bench, and they have a little chat. So what do you think is going on there? Um, so apparently it's something with Leviathan, which I am not familiar with in the comics. It's... um. Is it some sort of, like, hive mind or something? I swear I looked it up right after the episode finished because I was like, what is that about? And then it uh, just fluttered out of my brain uh, immediately (laughs) after reading it. I was like, oh, cool, now I know what that is. And then I was like, or do I? Um, But but, listen, if this means that Eve gets to stay, I'm for it. I'm down with it. I I also like the, the reveal that, like, turns out Eve wasn't, like some lovesick weirdo who was just following Lex around. Like it was all part of some plan where she was being manipulated. I really liked that turn of character for her because she, she did seem a little too smart to be like that into somebody who was clearly not into her at all. (laughs) So I was like, that's right, Eve, you, you get yours. Strong, independent. (laughs) Is that like a, Double double cross or a triple cross? I don't know how la- how many layers a- it goes down with Eve. Eve is like an onion, and each layer is betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to tell you, Morgan, when that elderly lady sat down next to Eve, I was really hoping it would turn out to be Mercy Graves. Oh no! Now my heart's broken all over again. <laughs> Mercy I was like, why? this is our last chance. This is very end. <laughs> and it did not happen. No. Then my <laughs> second thought, my my second thought was that she, I, so anytime I see uh, an 
an older lady who looks like she could be a grandmother, I immediately jump to Granny Goodness. Granny Goodness. <laughs> uh, so I don't know that that's who that is. But I did have that thought go through my brain. So I guess she's just some sort of agent with Leviathan. Uh, so maybe she isn't Granny Goodness or Mercy Graves in disguise. <laughs> but uh, she does seem to... Oh, good. So somebody else in the chat thought Granny Goodness, too. So I'm not alone in that. Okay. I thought I might be a weirdo with that. And maybe I'm just uh, stereotyping uh, ladies of a certain age that I just <laughs> jump to Granny Goodness. God, uh, Rebecca, but, not all older women are Granny Goodness. I, I just <laughs> wouldn't I have that to be a, that. wouldn't that be a weird prejudice to have? <laughs> Everybody <laughs> for a certain age is like, I know you're Granny Goodness. <laughs> She's like, don't put me in a box. <laughs> so I did have that thought, and I had to look up Leviathan too, and I was so bummed because I learned that it had something to do with Talia Al Ghul. And I dislike Talia al Ghul very much. Oh, see, I I don't think I ever made it to that part of Arrow. I I bailed after the end of season two. I was like, enough for me. Um, (laughs) So so I missed most of the al Ghuls. I think I saw a little bit of Nyssa. um, But I never got to uh, Talia. I'm hoping that if it is connected to Talia, we will get some Nyssa. That that's a good that's a good uh, trade off. If we're gonna get this Leviathan business, and we get more Nyssa, I'm into that. So yeah, that would be very cool. <laughs> something we get because uh, I like Nyssa better than Talia. Nyssa's my favorite Al Ghul, so I would hope that we get to see some Nyssa, and it does seem like. Leviathan is more tied into Batman comics so I don't know if Batwoman will have more to play in that storyline like if because I don't know if Leviathan is just related to the crossover or if that's more so season 5 of Supergirl hmm yeah I don't know I don't know because it's tough because the the crossover I think is going to be such a big deal this year um, so I don't, yeah, I have no idea because it seems like they're setting up, they were setting up both in this finale. They were setting up things that are going to impact season five of Supergirl and also things that are going to impact the crossover. So it's, there were bits and pieces where it's like, is this going to be a crossover thing? Is this going to be a season five thing? My guess is that Leviathan will maybe be a season five thing because the monitor wasn't involved. Oh, that's a good point. And also, Malefic, Jean's brother, showed up during that scene. So that could be more of a Supergirl thing. Yeah. I have a very important question for you, Rebecca. Yes. How many it. pronunciations do you think we'll get of that name oh, next season? Oh, Lord. It's not, it's not the <laughs> pronunciation Marin, as much. M- Mirin situation all over again, I think. <laughs> it is. It there's will gonna be. be wan- there's going to be wandering uh, commas. Apostrophes. And- <laughs> Apostrophes, that's right. <laughs> the apostrophes are going to be the dangerous thing. <laughs> They're going to wander all over that name. It's going to be difficult, and I do dread it a little bit. But I'm excited 
because this will give it's like a season four of Supergirl was the Melissa Benoist dual role season. Now it seems like season five will be the David Harewood dual role season. I think because I think yeah. Malefic is his twin brother. I I mean I think so. I think just by the transitive property of television, the the Martian Manhunter, you know, it kind of looked just like Martian Manhunter. So I would think that in his you know human form, he would look just like David Harewood. Yeah. And I'm also I have to say if that's the case and we get a lot of you know a lot of David Hayward obviously amazing great actor but I I would also like a season that's not like entirely about Kara having to fight a darker version of herself yes. uh, just because we've had two straight seasons of that and uh, and I need a little bit of a break <laughs> <laughs> I need a break of from that and from topical storylines. Yes, I am... both of those things. Uh, you know what? I would take a pod back at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so exhausted from topical storylines. It has uh, quite, I, I don't want to say literally, but it has broken my brain a little bit. So I would like to get a break from that. So I'm hoping that the appearance of Malefic we'll get into some comic booky storylines because I think this season, and we'll get into this when we do our retrospective, but I think this season uh, shined a little brighter when it delved into comic book source material and delved into the comic booky aspects of the characters uh, versus the topical aspects that they were trying to do. So that is just my preference. Uh, but I think that would be nice to have a break from all of that. And yeah. I agree with, uh, Abby in the chat uh, pointing out that the finale ended about another character and not Supergirl. That also bums me out because I wish we had gotten more stuff for Carr there at the end. Yeah, I feel like y you and I have like literally texted about this, but I feel <laughs> like <laughs> Carr's story gets lost a lot on this show that is about her uh and that always kind of makes me sad and in this season like it's hard because i feel like it's been kind of inconsistent like up and down like sometimes she'll get really strong material and sometimes she will just kind of fade into the background uh of her own show like she's always involved but it's not it's not always about her um, so if I had one wish for, for next season, I would hope that it would be more about Car or more about Supergirl. Yes, I hope so too. I hope we get so much good Supergirl and Kara stuff, uh, because this season, I don't know, it, uh, it was hit or miss a lot of the time, but a lot of good Melissa Benoist material. Oh yeah. Uh, she has been great all season. Yeah. So I, I just uh, hope we get more from her character. So um, I guess we should go to overall thoughts about the season finale. Uh, how does it rank in terms of other finales? Uh, did you think it wrapped up the season pretty well? What are your thoughts? Uh, I really liked the finale, actually. I, I thought it was a really strong episode of the season. I, I liked the way that it wrapped up uh, a lot of the plot threads um, from the season and sort of started to move us forward into some new stuff for season five. Um, so many Luthers. 
uh, any episode that has that many Luthers in a scene together, I can't not like. Uh, so, so the I mean, the Luthers honestly could have single-handedly given this episode an A. Like, if it was just the Luther stuff, they already won. Uh, but the other stuff I thought was also pretty strong and well done. I don't think we really talked about um, the brainy stuff, but Jesse Rack has been really blowing me away with um, with some of the stuff that he's been doing, like in the in the penultimate episode when he. Yeah has that weird, like, that weird breakdown where he kind of reboots into, like, a more emotionless version of himself. And then, then in this episode, where he sort of uh, reboots and becomes the brainy that we know and love uh, and then gives everybody a pep talk. Uh, although I was kind of like, you know, you could help, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's great when your friends are, like, you know, cheering you on. But what's even better is when they actually help you. Uh, I was just like, thanks for the, for the motivational speech, Brainy, but like, uh, not helping a lot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but no, I, I thought that Jesse Rat did such a good job, um, with that stuff. And I'm, I have to say, I think he's been my sort of MVP of like quiet MVP of the season. I just think he's such a good addition to the show. I hate to say it, but like I have not once uh been like, oh man, when <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. I, I feel like um and that's I feel like it's a good addition. I, I'm thinking of uh another show but like Parks and Recreations. They had a character who like left and then Adam Scott's character and um and oh god, Rob Lowe's character came on and I never thought about that character who left ever again because they were so, <laughs> such a such a good uh combination, such a good addition to the show. And so to me it feels like Brainy just um Brainy and Nia both were such good good additions to the season and fit in so well and just sort of mesh seamlessly with the show where I can't imagine like a season without like brainy. So I thought that that stuff, I thought that was a really well done from him. And uh, I'm, I'm excited that they're, I, to the best of my knowledge, they're both on next season. So uh, excited to see where they're going to go with those characters. Now that they're like very, like now that they're more well-established. The character from Parson Rec you were looking for is Mark Brandenowitz. Mark Brandanowitz. I completely forgot his name. See, that is how thoroughly I forgot him. <laughs> and to my credit, so did the show as Supergirl, <laughs> as Supergirl did with Wynn. <laughs> Thank you for that information, Jiminy's Journal, in the chat, uh, because I had forgotten <laughs> that name as well. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Yeah, I thought this was a pretty strong finale. There were some things uh, about it that I thought were a little silly. I did think Brainy being a cheerleader could have been better. I think the fight sequence with the Motley Crue music could have <laughs> been better. Uh, but I think all the Red Daughter Lex Luthor stuff was very strong. Uh, I enjoyed that immensely, especially all of the Luthers together. That was uh, a great culmination for the season, uh, seeing them kind of uh, build different dynamics and then bring them all together at the end. Even Eve was with them. So you had the whole Luther clan. Of course, the <laughs> Graves twins, or the Graves uh, brother and sister team, they were not there. So that was disappointing. But we did get to see a lot of Luthers there at the end. And I think uh, the best part about the finale was the Lena aspect. 
with the reveal that she finally discovered that Carr was Supergirl. I think that has a lot of great potential, and I think the way they handled that was uh, really great. And I think Katie McGrath did a, such a good job of dealing with those emotions, and I'm it. It's going to lead for me uh, to some exciting places in season five. So I think that's the job of a season finale is to get you excited about the next season and to to wrap up the storylines, but also to tease what they what direction they can go in. And I think it did a good job on multiple levels. So uh, a pretty good, pretty good season finale. Not my favorite of the show, but I think it had a lot of great, uh, strong scenes. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our discussion, but let's find out what our listeners had to say about the quest for peace. And uh, just a heads up, we're only going to do some tweets on this live show. Because we had a lot of emails, and uh, we just don't have time for it, unfortunately. But let's get into some tweets. Uh, okay, our first tweet is from at uh, Corey uh, uh, at Corey Alina, who says, "An absolute incredible finale to my favorite season of Supergirl so far. Overjoyed for Alex and Kelly and Brainy and Nia, but so shocked and sad that Lena had to find out about Carter the way she did. I really, really hope she doesn't turn evil and that they can reconcile." Um, at Danchin underscore Panda said, Lena's not going to be evil. If I knew my best friend had lied to me, I would have destroyed at least my room. <laughs> a broken frame ain't it. Uh, the best finale of all seasons. Will Lex now meet Oliver on the space platform? Interesting route they're going with Leviathan. Uh, Leviathan. Um, and then Earth 38 Talia? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at Jesso 13 says, great finale overall. Love Lillian. Sad Red Daughter is gone, but maybe Kara is more powerful now for crisis mm. uh not ha- yeah that's a good uh speculation not happy that car didn't talk to lena it is so not fair to her that they keep dragging it out but the second half of the season made up for the first in my opinion so yay um at commander elise said why was there no resolution of the mikhail uh, mikhail storyline mikhail uh, i've been I'm- saying mikhail Mikhail, I think. Um, where were the special effects for when John and Dreamer were holding onto the device handles to overload the Claymore system? Um, yeah, that was pretty funny. They were just kind of holding these things and, like, screaming. Uh, but there weren't really a lot of effects. They were like, listen, we blew our effects budget on the Lexo suit, so you guys are just going to have to, like, grab onto these. <laughs> just sell it. Just uh, just sell it with your faces. <laughs> Old-fashioned <laughs> acting. It's uh, a good, it's a good uh, question. At tone underscore ring said, Alex telling Kara to not tell Lena, possibly the worst advice ever. Glad Brainy is back to normal, though. I don't quite get how. So is James the Nick Fury of Supergirl now, living under his desk and making superhero teams? <laughs> <laughs> Also, she's uh, Tonerin goes on to say, no pod ending, sad face, but set up for crisis. I like that we have like some pod ending super fans here. <laughs> They're like, where is my pod? We've come to expect it. We have. Uh, at Donald V. Jr. 1 said, good strong story. Need a reason why Alex discouraged Kara from telling Lena her secret, though. Uh, I think that's that reason was the plot. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, she did want to ruin game night 
Basically. Yeah, I, I'm starting to get so annoyed with like every time Kara gets close to telling Lena, there's some like she's like, well, you know what? Lena's just having such a good hair day. I don't want to ruin <laughs> this for her. It's like there's there's always going to be a reason not to tell her. So maybe just get it over with. <laughs> Um, at Laura uh, Redenbaugh said uh, Alex gave uh, Alex gave Cara her second bad piece of sisterly advice. What was the uh, first one? I don't know. I I want her to write back in and tell us what the first bad piece of sisterly advice yes, was. Let us know. Um, at SL Fricky said, uh, so is Cara just not going to learn she created Red Daughter with her time traveling last year? As the linchpin of Lex's plan, this rippled and caused pretty much every bad thing that happened this season. Children of Liberty, President, uh, President Winter. Baker. I think it is Baker, but President Winter sounds very scary. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Haley, the mind wipe, the elite, Lena killing Lex, and Jimmy not being a turtle boy. Uh, (laughs) This was Kara's flashpoint, and I would like the show to acknowledge that. Kat would keep Kara in check. Also, considering her history with aliens, remember the moray, how can Haley Haley getting Lockwood's job be morally justified? That's not a bad question. I mean, that job has become the defense against the dark arts of, <laughs> of that cabinet. So I wouldn't expect her to keep it for very long. <laughs> um, uh, at Walt 658 said, epic finale. Brainy's back to normal. Lockwood and the president arrest it. Supergirl's a hero again. Lena finds out Kara's secret. Alex and Kelly, Nia and Brainy. The Monitor brings in John's brother. Also, the Monitor takes Lex's body. Best episode of the season. Uh, at Enrique v, uh, VB Jr. said, uh, what an awesome finale. What a way of wrapping things up. But the final scenes teased a lot. Leviathan, which is a branch of the League of Assassins led by Talia al Ghul, being the real reason Eve went to work for Lex, the arrival of Jean's twin brother, Lena possibly going into villainy, and crisis on infinite earths i do wonder when slash if the earths will merge uh will all the characters have new memories in addition to the ones they have let's hmm. not talk about memories changing i don't no, want to go through that again yeah let's let's never talk about memories again poor poor alex danvers wandered <laughs> around all season like like probably microwaving her remotes and stuff. Like she, she needs a break. <laughs> she's so t- She's so tired. Her brain is uh, has been overloaded. But yeah, uh, she did save Car with that grass. So <laughs> she had her triumphant <laughs> moment. <laughs> Take the grass forever. My new favorite line of Supergirl. <laughs> um, at cat underscore uh. Fidelgo said, I really enjoyed the finale and what it teased for season five. I like that the big bad kept changing, at least until Lex showed up. The big bad all along had been fear. They did all those things because they were afraid. Except for Otis, I think he just likes to die every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they will bring him back. I, I don't know. Could. I feel like they could always bring Otis back, but not Mercy for some reason. What is up with that? Still so bitter. Okay. <laughs> At Patty Mello 20 said, Supergirl is ending this season as the best Arrowverse show, and I'm so happy. The finale was truly amazing, and that Luther family scene alone made my week. I just feel bad for Lena. She learned the truth in the worst way possible, and I just don't want her to go evil. Hashtag the good Luther. Um, 
at you sues or you lose said, I thought Brenda Strong was hilarious in the episode. I like how the Luthers are always casually poisoning each other. I wish that we had more scenes with and a resolution of the Red Daughter storyline. It felt very sudden for it to, to just end like that. Uh, at kvidicat53 said, what a great finale. Love seeing the Luthers together and Lillian out of the drab prison outfit. Big question. <laughs> what will Lena do now that she knows about Kara? She's proved herself good time and again, so I hope they don't do a Daenerys and send, and send her cray-cray. Depower James, hooray! <laughs> um, and then our last tweet is at uh, from at VH451. Just one comment. When does season five start? Yep, that's how much I like the finale. Thanks for another great season of Supergirl Radio. Enjoy the break. See you next season. Yeah, we don't know when season five starts just yet. We'll probably hear something about that at San Diego Comic-Con around that time. Uh, I definitely wish we knew when it started so I could plan <laughs> out the summer a little better. Uh but yeah, we'll 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 still be waiting on that uh, for a while, um, and I'm glad you enjoyed this season of Supergirl Supergirl Radio. I think uh, we had a we had a difficult season. We really we really <laughs> had to uh, <laughs> I just really push on through uh, for a lot of those episodes. But I think we had a good time, so I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, well, we also have a voicemail from Mauricio. Hey, Supergirl Radio. Hey, Mauricio here for our season finale. Great episode. I forgot to mention this, uh, mention this in the last podcast, but that weird thing with the plants with the sun and all that, I think that was a reference to Frank Miller's comic, Batman vs. Superman, the comic version, where Superman gets nuked, and he has to use the flowers and the plants to regain the sunlight. But in Supergirl show, it was kind of weird and awkward, but I think that was a reference. Also, it was kind of seeing Melissa, um, Rod Daugherty in the helmet, because it's Melissa there, but we can't show two Melissa at the same time unless you have the elsewhere budget. I mean, the presence on that further X budget. But yeah, awesome show. Love John Cyrus left. I'm going to miss him kind of since he's being brought back to life. So my only question is... Um, I don't remember much of the first season. Was there a reference to John's brother? I know he's evil in the comics, but unless this is mentioned in the first season, I don't remember him at all in the other seasons where they mentioned him at all. But yeah, can't wait to hear your podcast and see you guys in the... Yeah, well then. Take care. Adios. Bye. So Mauricio pointed out that the uh, Take the Grass moment was from <laughs> The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller. I had forgotten that because I had not read The Dark Knight Returns in a while. Um, and honestly, Frank Miller is not my favorite. So I don't tend to go back to his stuff very often. So thank you uh, to everybody who pointed that out. So it was a good pull from the uh, the comics and the source material for that. Uh, so uh, it's good to be reminded of that. Um, and also, Mauricio had a question about Malefic. Uh, Jean's brother. We're just going to go with Malefic for now. The show may decide to say it a different way, <laughs> but we're going to go with that for now. Um, and Mauricio wondered if Malefic had been mentioned in previous seasons or episodes. And I could not find anything on him. I can't remember if we knew that Jean had a brother. Uh, so I don't know if anybody else has any thoughts on that. Anybody in the chat have any thoughts? I don't think we know anything about it. 
Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, so I think, as far as I understand it, the Arrowverse wiki, which I trust enormously for a lot of information, uh, they did not have any other information on Ma- this version of Malefic, uh, except that he appeared in the finale. So I think this may be the first mention of him on the show. Uh, but if you do want to know more information about his comics version, uh, you can check out our Martian Manhunter and our uh, Marin uh, character spotlights that we have for <laughs> Supergirl Radio. We have done a couple of Martian spotlights. So uh, we do mention Malefic a couple of times on those. So if you want to learn more about his dynamic with Jean, we do have some information on that. All right, Morgan, uh, let's uh, get into some snap judgments. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Okay, Morgan, do you want to get us into the snap judgments? Yes. So obviously before we wrap up our feedback, we have some snatch, snap judgments sent in by you guys, our listeners. Uh, our first set of snap judgments, and uh, obviously everybody should be playing along in the chat. I think yeah. that goes without saying. Uh, we want to know your answers. Okay. So strap in. Our first snap judgments <laughs> are from Gina. Um, she asks, Jean pretending to be Kara or Brainy pretending to be Lockwood? Uh, hmm. Brainy pretending to be Lockwood, I think. Yeah, I think Brainy pretending to be Lockwood also. I think he had the mannerisms down so well. Yeah. Okay, Alex trying to pull Kara back from death by taking the grass. Or <laughs> Alex trying to pull Kara b- uh, out of the Black Mercy's hold in season one for the girl who has everything. For the girl who has everything is one of my favorite episodes of the show, hands down. So I'm going to say Alex trying to pull Kara out of the Black Mercy. Yeah, I mean, as much as I like to just yell randomly, take the grass at people uh, <laughs> now, it's it's entered my lexicon. Uh, I have to go Black Mercy. It's one of the one of my favorites from the uh, from the yeah. first season. OK, best Luther duo to watch Lena and Lex or Lena and Lillian. Le- Lena and Lillian. Gotta go Lena and Lillian. I feel like they are the greatest. Okay. Our <laughs> next snap judgment is from Alex, who asks, which power would you rather have to knock enemies down? Super sneeze or thunderclap? The super sneeze seems like it could be uh, gross. <laughs> you could get some mucus in there, and it would just be nasty. So I'm going to go Thunderclap. Way cooler. You don't have to deal with all of that stuff up in your nose. So I'm going to go Thunderclap. Yeah, I'm also going Thunderclap just because it's a really fun word to say. (laughs) It actually makes a sound when you say it. Like it's kind of a Thunderclap. Like it kind of makes you envision that. Or at least it does me. Yeah, it's kind of like the... uh, What's what is that called when like the words are? Is it onomatopoeia? Am, am I making that like up? That? It sounds like so. a like a Mary Poppins word. I might have made that up. 
<laughs> but I think there, there's something like the words are like what you, uh, like they sound like it. Okay. Yeah. Our next uh, snap judgment is from at Enrique uh, VB Jr. who says Nia and Brainy going to the future via the Wave Rider or Lena taking over Star Labs. Ooh, I'm very curious about your answer to this one. Uh, mm. But for me, I think I would say Lena taking over Star Labs. Um, this is a tough one because in one version, I get a crossover with my other podcast. <laughs> but in the other version, Lena wears a lab coat and probably, <laughs> and probably like a cocktail dress. So I feel like I gotta go Star Labs. <laughs> uh, but that is a very good question. All right. Um, we have a couple snap judgments from Dylan. First one, instead of Lex revealing to Lena that Kara is Supergirl with clips from the show, oh, um, or Lena asked, or Kara asked Lena uh, to help with the wine, and Lena reveals that she's figured it out by now, Lois and Clark style. Okay, so so getting the reveal the way we did on the show, or Kara asked Lena to help with the wine, and Lena reveals that she's already figured it out. Oh, that's tough. Because I do like the way the show did it. But I also kind of like the idea that Lena finds out on her own and is just really cool about it. <sighs> mm. I think I'm going to go with what they did on the show. It's a little more creative because I like that Lex did it out of spite. He's like, my sister killed me, so now I'm going to take everything from her. I'm going to make her doubt all her friends and her mother. And I'm just going to really open a wound before I die. So I, I like that a lot. Yeah, it was the ultimate pettiness. I, <laughs> the only way it could have been better was if, like, as he was dying, he was like, I hate your horses. <laughs> <laughs> Lena's like, why do you care so much? Um, <laughs> but uh, I think I would have also gone with the reveal, with Lena revealing it herself. Um, because I just feel like there were enough little moments seeded in throughout the seasons of like Lena seeming like she knew that it would kind of like, you could retroactively go back and be like, oh, well she knew in this scene. And like, I can tell that she knew in this scene. Like, I feel like, uh, Katie McGraw has at times played it ambiguously enough so that you could be like, yeah, Lena totally knows. So I thought yeah. that that, I think that that would also been a cool way but like yeah uh lex going out uh as a as the ultimate pettiness that was pretty good as well yeah um okay uh the monitor bringing oh gosh how do you say his name uh i'm going with malefic malefic okay uh i oh i keep wanting to say maleficent and that's not right <laughs> at all <laughs> that's a totally different character totally different universe but that would be okay. awesome could you imagine if the monitor brought in Maleficent. That would be pretty cool. Uh, the, the monitor bringing Malefic to Earth or the monitor summoning, summoning Snapper Cars, villainous comic book turn as stars are. <laughs> well, I, I think we know what my answer to this is. I mean, is there another answer? <laughs> Wait, my, my, my question back to this question is, does he have a robot hand? <laughs> that is important. But my answer is, is stars are every time. <laughs> yes. Snapper cars, st stars are, would be the dream. 
Uh, okay, so we have a couple of snap judgments from Danae. Oh, we have many snap judgments from Danae, who always sends us really good ones, so I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Best kiss, um, Eve and Lex or Alex and Kelly? That's, it seems like a low bar on one side, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Janae. Jeez. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of liked the moment between Eve and Lex because they, they got romantic over world domination. And I thought that, that was funny. I mean, that was pretty funny. I feel like I have to go Alex and Kelly because it was a little bit more like built up, but mm. yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but not enough to my liking. We've already established that. Okay. <laughs> About James's eye patch. Is he now a pirate or will his eye be replaced by a turtle eye of which the DNA slowly starts taking over until he becomes turtle boy, Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> what, what is your choice? Now, before you choose one version, we do have uh, James on the high seas. So <laughs> don't just count that. We might, we might have a parrot. There could be a parrot. Maybe I mean, a parrot talks. the storylines do open up. <laughs> they do. <laughs> as a pirate uh, but I think Turtle Boy is the correct answer here okay I feel like Turtle Boy is the correct answer but now I'm imagining that he turns his desk into the ship and oh. it, it's hard for me to let that go <laughs> what but if I have he goes go under the desk and it just becomes a big Jolly Roger down there my god oh man we have so many good ideas why don't they ever listen to us <laughs> Um, obviously have to go, uh, turtle boy, but, uh, for imagining, uh, that pirate, I will, uh, pirate Jimmy Olsen, I will forever thank you today. Okay. <laughs> Which reveal will happen earlier? Kara telling Lena she's Supergirl or Lena telling Kara that she knows? The way Kara has been dealing with this, I think Lena's gonna reveal to Kara that she knows first. Because Kara's been dragging her feet for way too long. So I think Lena's going to give it away that she knows before Kara has a chance to tell her. Yeah, I think so, too. I just think that, like, every single time Kara thinks about doing it, she's going to be like, oh, but, like, Lena did did drop that ice cream cone, so... <laughs> I don't want to make her day worse. And it's like, gonna just, it's going to be like th months from months and months and months. And Lena's finally just going to like yell. I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously she should tell Lena that's what she should be doing. But she said she was uh, going to. She said she was going to. And like, I, I don't even I don't even know how to believe you anymore, Cara. She's <laughs> Louise. Jeez, Louise. All right. <laughs> um, I'm not fired up about it or anything. <laughs> Which superpower will Supergirl get from absorbing Red Daughter? Purple Lightning or a Russian accent? I would hope for Purple Lightning. Because, I don't know, the Russian accent just makes her seem more like Red Daughter. And I don't want her to be yeah. Red Daughter. So I could be into exploring the Purple Lightning. What if it's the accent and then it just sort of wilts in and out like Katie McGraw's actual accent? <laughs> <laughs> and then they're just having like a like an accent off, but it's all it's all like coming and going throughout every scene. 
<laughs> it would be a very lyrical, a lyrical show. <laughs> mm. so, so many accents. Um, <laughs> uh, obviously, the Purple Lightning is a better, a better one. But <laughs> okay, which would be the most disappointing outcome of Lena knowing? Jean erases that memory, or Lena is so mad that she moves back to Metropolis. Oh, that really is a Ooh. good one. Those are both terrible outcomes I would hate so much. So we have to pick the most disappointing outcome. Yes, the most disappointing. Well, even if Lena goes back to Metropolis, she could still come back to National City. She could still visit. So I think I'm going to go erasing her memory because I really hate memory wipes. Yes. No. So I'm going uh, memory wipe, too. One, because I hate memory wipes, but two, because it would make me mad at John. <laughs> and I don't I don't like to be mad at Space I Dad. Know. I don't want to be mad at Space Dad. So I'm I'm going uh, with that memory wipe because that would definitely be the more disappointing. Mm. All right. What's going to happen next season to Lena's wardrobe? Hashtag boardroom or ballroom. <laughs> She'll start occasionally wearing glasses and say she's not <laughs> Lena when she has them on. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the best. Or she'll start wearing off-the-shoulder three-piece suits. <laughs> wow. Those are both really good. Those are both so good. Because could you imagine, like, Car comes into the room and she's like, oh, hey, Lena, how are you doing? And Lena's like, I don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> And she's just got up like a pair of like hipster glasses on, and then she takes them off, and she's like, "Oh, Kara, when did you get here?" <laughs> <laughs> like that would be that would be kind of Lena Luther pettiness that I would like to see. Yeah, I like that option. Uh, the she starts occasionally wearing glasses and says she's not Lena. Yeah, I like that one. So good. Okay, last one. Who is the leader of Leviathan? Mercy Graves, or prepare yourself, Jeremiah Danvers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is such I, a hard. One. I just really want Mercy Graves to be alive. I want Mercy Graves to be alive so much more than I want to laugh about it being Jeremiah Danvers. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, it being Jeremiah Danvers would make me literally fall off my couch laughing but <laughs> i i want mercy more so i'm gonna go mercy graves well we don't know where jeremiah went that's he true could be out there somewhere in talia al ghul's organization they did say <laughs> leviathan could be anybody <laughs> it could be anybody what if leviathan is director bones <gasps> don't don't set me up for a fail don't set me up for expectations. I, I, I did already earlier in the season when I was like, Rebecca, they're clearly going to Turtle Boy Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> in my in my uh, in my defense, all the signs were there. <laughs> in your defense, uh, it would have made more sense than the eye patch. It would have. But uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna go Mercy Graves on that. But I could go either way. All right, uh, let's uh, close out Snap Judgments. No judgments on your Snap Judgments. All right, thank you, everybody, for playing along with our Snap Judgments. And uh, thank you all for your thoughts and feedback on the quest for peace. Uh, if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can 
post a comment on our website, supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail, uh, and that and you can do that by calling 678-718-7252. I swear Rebecca writes all of this and I can't even read it. Uh, but make sure, make sure that you write and call in before Tuesday. Um, if you just want to summarize it, you can do that. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm in this. I'm in this now. <laughs> I can't even, can't even read tonight. Uh, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. All of them are at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured and inspired by the show. Radio Public and Podchaser uh, were listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dc.com slash dc-fans. DCComics.com. God, what's wrong with me? <laughs> DCComics.com slash DC uh, slash fans, uh, dash fans. Um, if you ever think that Re- Rebecca has an easy time at this, I'm now discovering it's very hard. Uh, we are, <laughs> I'm sweating a little bit. We are available on Apple, <laughs> on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a, write a review. You can find all the links to all the things that I just said uh, mentioned on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. Oh, God. And now we're going to throw it on over to Mark for the DC TV plugs. Actually, we're going to go with Ashley this time. Did I put it wrong in the doc? I'm so sorry, oh, no. Mark. You're going to go with Ashley. This time, it wasn't my mistake. No, that was my bad. Mark will hit the, you next that time. That's the only thing that I read correctly, and it was, <laughs> it was wrong. I've been trying to uh, mix them in and out of every different episode, uh, so I got it uh, mixed up this time. And just FYI, I've been trying to uh, man the soundboard for our live show, which is uh, more difficult than you know. Uh, So Morgan has been very nice to uh, handle all the introductions that I normally do. So I appreciate it. But yeah, we're going to throw it over to Ashley for the DCTV plugs. If Supergirl Radio fills your heart with glee, then follow the network for DCTV. Don't fail this city, you've got to hear Quiver, where Amanda and Mike will always deliver. Then run along and check out The Flash. Andy and friends make quite the splash. Don't forget the legends like they all forgot Rip. These ladies would never jax you to the time ship. Then join Clement and Nate in the incredible Brit, for Black Lightning's podcast where we all get lit. We come to iZombie, which is very alive, except maybe after the end of season five. Our newest addition to our CW crew is the Batwoman podcast ready for you. We jump over to sci-fi, a whole different channel, to check out Krypton way before our bro Kal-El. Then there's DC Universe so we can all stream. The awesome show Titans, we're only summer teens. And if you love the oldies, may I recommend classic DC TV. Honestly, 10 out of 10. That's it, I hope. Please, Andy, good night. But I would make an exception for Young Justice, all right? Check out DC TV Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and Twitter. Well, you can find me on Twitter at DerbyKid and on Instagram at TheDerbyKid. I voice a character named Leanne on a sketch comedy podcast called The Fakest. We just dropped another episode this week. So there's a lot of good Leanne stuff coming in season two. So if you're interested in a sketch comedy podcast about... 
people reporting fake news. Uh, it's very fun, very witty. I highly recommend it. And I would I would recommend it even if I wasn't playing a character on the show. So I highly recommend you check out The Fakus. And I'm also a contributor to Justice League Universe podcast. So if you're interested in the DCEU films, we do scene-by-scene analysis over there. And uh, you should check it out. And you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. You can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. The uh, Legends of Tomorrow season finale just aired on, I want to say Monday. I feel <laughs> somewhat confident about that. Uh, so we <laughs> we were planning on to record on Wednesday. So we should have our... Um, our season finale thoughts up at the end of the week. And listen, if you don't watch Legends of Tomorrow, but you're like, mm-hmm. I want to jump in at in the season four finale, that <laughs> makes logical sense to me. And I want you to start there. That's that's the right point to jump into this, <laughs> to, to both the show and the podcast. Start <laughs> at the end is what I always say. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, a good time to do it. <laughs> Uh, Well, I think that's going to do it for this live and wired episode for the Supergirl season four finale episode called The Quest for Peace. And even though we won't be getting a new episode of the show next week, don't worry. We'll have episodes throughout the summer to make the hiatus and the wait for season five a little less awful. Awful. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and when we come back with with that uh with that episode i promise i will learn how to read uh so that's my goal for the summer so (laughs) so until then i'm still morgan glennon and i'm still rebecca johnson and thanks for watching supergirl season four with us